Welcome to the Women in Technology podcast. My name is Sly Gittins, and this series is aimed at amplifying the stupendous, the amazing women that's inside of the technology field. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this podcast. And today I'm continuing the Women in Technology series. I have a phenomenal guest, an outstanding guest, a terrific guest. Her name is Barsha Karki. And she's about to bless you with her story and how she continued to succeed. Barsha, will you please talk to my audience? Oh, hey, Sly. Thank you so much for making me a part of your video series. Absolutely honored. And hello to the audience. Uh, my name is Barsha Karki. I'm a pre-sales engineer with NetApp Technology, and I'm based out of Sydney, Australia. And it's so great to be here today. Awesome. Thank you for coming here. I can't wait to amplify your story. It's so amazing. I know my audience is going to get so much from you. So can we start? Can you share your background and your journey to getting to your first position, Barsha? Sure thing. So I was uh, born and brought up in Nepal and where I did my Bachelor's of Engineering in Electronics. Um, and then I came to Australia to do my master's degrees. So I completed a Master of Engineering Studies in Telecommunications uh, and Master of Engineering Management. And um, so that was, I completed my all my studies post-graduate by, post-graduate by um, 2009 and 2010 was when I first got my job, uh, which was in Alcatel Lucent at the time, um, which is part of Nokia at the moment. So I was um, a graduate engineer, uh, a professional services engineer, you know, and I did a rotational graduate program. So I was part of the transmission team, the, you know, layer two um, optical fiber team. And then I decided I'm really passionate about network engineering. So um, I continued uh, a couple of uh, rotations within the network team, where I then became a permanent um, uh, engineer and I stayed in that company for about three and a half years. Oh, that's great. That's a fantastic uh, story. I guess question for you. I know you, you briefly touched on your educational path. Can you mm-hmm. talk to like what kind of steered you to get into your engineering disciplines and what kept you there? Sure thing. Uh, you know, it's kind of interesting. Um, growing up in Nepal, I didn't see very many um engineers in my family, let alone female engineers. I'm the first female engineer from both sides of my family uh, to follow to follow engineering path. My father uh, was an accountant. He's retired now. And I and I looked up to my father. I still do. And so I wanted to become an accountant. But my father was very wise to say, hey, you know, choose science, choose maths and science. And um, if you really don't like it, then you can go back to doing, you know, accountant later. So um, I thought that was, uh, you know, at the time I was like, really, are you sure? But then I chose science as, you know, um, as major in in high school. Uh, and and because I'm not, I didn't like blood too much, I kind of decided to do more of the maths uh, and science bit, not biology so much. Um, and that kind of paved the way to me becoming, you know, and choosing and becoming an engineer. Um, and so that's how I ended up doing my bachelor's degree. And I'm not too much into coding. And that's why I didn't choose to be a software engineer. I, choose, I chose electronics. Um but during that time, four years of my undergraduate studies, I really wasn't sure if this was 
something that I was really passionate about. I wasn't sure what my career was going to be. Uh, but in my final year, I got an opportunity to do the course CCNA, you know, the Cisco Certified um, uh, Network Associate course. And that really uh, got me thinking that I will, I really love networking. You know, and and that's when when I when it was time to do my master's degree postgraduate, I thought I'll do telecommunications because it kind of tied closely to to networking. And so it kind of started from not knowing what to do to kind of, you know, getting some guidance into maths and science and then engineering and then networking um, to getting my first job. Oh, that's great. Oh, that's that's a fantastic story. I'm glad that you shared that. And you actually hit on something I want to talk about now. You're talking sure. about your passion. What drives yeah. you? What drives you? What's your fuel? What's your ambition? What gets you out to bed and keeps you excited? Um, can you share that with the audience? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, for me, what's always driven me is to um, to grow and learn. So always keep learning. Um, and also, when I'm in a job, when I'm doing some work for an organization or for myself, and generally, you know, my career has been, I'm working, I've been working with other organizations, um, it's about being a contribution to the business, you know, so what I do has to contribute to to me that that's that's my drive so if i know what i'm doing is contributing to the team and to the business and to the customers i serve that's what really gets me going that what gets me um, you know out of the bed every morning um and i guess i've i've done that in each of the different roles that i've done um especially with with the current role that i'm in pre sales you know and i get to work um it's a customer facing role i get to talk to customers across different businesses and across different technologies and and kind of really sit back um and listen to what their business requirements are and put a solution together um uh, and so that is really exciting for me that i i'm able to do that Okay, I guess I got a question off of that question. Mm-hmm. How, if someone is searching for their passion, mm-hmm. how do they know when they found it? Wow, that's a really, really good question. Um, you know, I think it's 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 about being in action. Um, I I wasn't I did not always know that I am passionate about working with people, solving problems. I guess I always liked it, but to call it my passion, I think I'm becoming aware more recently. And I think uh, in, in, I think you got to be in action. You got to do uh, what you got to do on your everyday job or everyday you know, life. And then I think it, it will attract you. I think you will know. I think you, you will know when when you when you know when you found your passion um and it might not happen straight away it might take years or you know you might already know it and that's fine uh, but i think it's a journey you know and i i think i'll add on to that i think that's i think what you said is right because um it was hard for me to find that you know i like tech i've always been a student mm-hmm. of tech but i didn't know that's something that you can turn into a career no one in my family was technical um my brother was in tech a little, he was a sales, he was in sales, but he was a little bit better with numbers. 
and um, like he went to school for math, like a math major in college, economics. And I knew as soon as I got into school, math, I could do it. I did not yeah. like doing it at one bit, but I knew it was necessary to be good. I just knew it wasn't something that excited me and I got up for it. But I remember I took my first tech class at the University of Buffalo and my professor there, David Murray, I went into class right before I even had the class. I asked him, you know, can you help me fix my computer? Cause I was trying to change some RAM out at the time. And uh, we had a great conversation about what we was gonna do in the class. Fast forward, um, I ended up taking my first test, got a 99 or something and I barely studied, right? So I'm like, all right, maybe there's something there. Right. And then he was like, how did you get this? I'm like, well, I've been doing this stuff since I was like eight, nine. No, I didn't know this was a career. I just I started off as an English major. And then again, you know, I started fine tuning. I started realizing I took my marketing classes. I found, you know, I always had the gift to gab. Um, I've, I've always liked business. So I was able to, you know, get people to come up or get people, gather people around. So marketing was cool. I like to solve problems and like to do it creatively. Right. So that was cool. And then I like tech and I didn't even yeah. know you could do pre-sales. I didn't even know you can do something like that. I just knew, I just had a feeling that I was on to something because I kept looking yeah. at my sales reps and my marketing people in my, my classroom and a lot of them didn't like to get deep. They didn't like to go underneath the covers a lot. Not everyone, but most of them didn't. Then my tech people loved the tools, but they didn't really love what made the tools, right? And then mm -hmm. Facebook just came out. And I'm like, this is marketing and this is yeah. tech all in mm -hmm. one. So I'm yeah. like, you know, and I just realized I'm like, I'm going to stay in this area. I'm not, you know, like you said, like, I'm not a software developer. I, you know, I didn't like those roles, those mm -hmm. courses. Um, I took a few of them. I could do it. Um, I just didn't find it entertaining because again, as a creative, my mind is thinking on 10 different things. When you're writing code, you got to know where you've been in the comments. In. But I'd yeah. say to, to sum everything up is um, you might, thing that if you're still searching for that passion you're probably doing something right now what do you do without effort correct well, whether yeah. that's knitting you can make the first knitting a digital knit or something you can figure out how to use technology to amplify what you do already um i got a mm -hmm. friend who loves plumbing like he always been good with his hands he ended up going into trade but he mm -hmm. uses technology and marketing to promote his business and then he yeah. able to dominate a corner. I mean, uh, um, a certain area like where I'm, where are we from in Brooklyn, and um, in Buffalo. And then um, now he outpaces most people I know, right? Because he mm. took his passion, and it's used technology, right? I just find uh, when you have technology, it's gonna hit most, if not all, different industries, right? In some type of capacity. How can you use yeah. that to amplify the skill that you're doing? So thanks yeah. for sharing that thoughts. Um, just wanted to dive into that. But I also know you are creative as well, and you have your own video series. Can you tell my audience a little bit more? What do you do, um, and what what's, what is your um, your video series about? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for bringing that um, up. You know, and I really like the fact, um, the, you know, your earlier point um, that you didn't know about pre-sales. And I was the same. You know, my first job after uni doing an engineering degree was I'm going to go and work on projects. I want to work on delivering network designs and, you know, provision them. Um, it was very fortunate and very lucky that I stumbled across pre-sales um, role 
you know. And so uh, when I when I got introduced to the pre-sales role, I didn't even know what it was. I didn't know that was available to me. Uh, but you know, I haven't looked back since then. The second job that I was in pre-sales, you know, I've changed a few companies, but I'm still in pre-sales because I, I absolutely love it. So um, back to my series, uh, you know, it's it's called all about data. Um, so in throughout my career, you know, I've done the network engineer. I'm a network engineer at heart. Then I've then I went to data center as a pre-sales engineer, and then I went to cybersecurity. And now I'm at NetApp, um, where I am a, a data solutions engineer because you know we help in data management, and um, and. It was very timely and interesting that I am in NetApp uh, because if you look at it, all the technologies that we've worked with, at the end of the day, it's either creating data or it's doing something to the data. There's, there's always data that, you know, all the data centers, they've got data stored in there. You know, we create data management platforms. So customers, people, organizations have their data on premises, or they're using the different hyperscalers, you know, Microsoft being one of the largest partners of NetApp as well, um, for different multiple re reasons, right? Like they could be using one hyperscaler for something, something else, or they could be creating their own private cloud for their own test dev because it's probably more control, you know, more cost effective, whatever the reason. And then they have to manage all of that. So it was interesting when um, when I when I started at NetApp, I was thinking, you know, I was introduced to the marketing person, marketing manager, Ginny, you know, who's such a fantastic partner. Um, and we were, we were talking about uh, what could we do about branding, you know, or content creation. Um, and me being a female in IT and not knowing a lot of females, you know, there's not a lot, lot of us in, in the IT industry. Um, I thought, hey, whatever we do, can we just have one episode on women in IT? You know, just like, you know, the, 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 the video series that you've set up, you know, and I wasn't thinking a series at the time. And then it kind of expanded from that, you know, or like, let's, if we are talking about all, all about data and uh, I'm a female running the, uh, the show um, and I've got other other industry experts coming and talking about the various aspects of data, including females, not all females, but including females, um, it, it creates a very powerful story. You know, we're talking about data, which is absolutely important, which is everywhere, but also it creates a platform um, to showcase women in technology as well. You know, the, the fact that I'm hosting it and the fact that there are very senior leaders, female leaders also having a chat about whether securing data, whether automating, um, you know, the different processes using data, um, monitoring it, uh, or, you know, what does data mean in business sense? You know, and so um, that kind of evolved from that first conversation. And so... I've, I've, uh, I've, I started it last year, you know, um, during pandemic, and it was great to have conversations um, over Zoom or, you know, um, uh, online, and then release the videos. Um, and it's been, it's been great. It's, it's such an amazing way, and I'm sure you would be able to add a bit more to it, just to connect with people. And some people you may have known, other people you may not have known at all, but to um, to have that common point of technology and data to have a conversation 
start as a conversation starter, but then to connect on a human level. Um, so that is what all of our data is. It is all about data, but the people doing different things to and with data. Um, and, and yeah, that's the conversation that I've, uh, that I've created with the team here at Meta. Yeah, that's just brilliant. Um, I think it's very relevant um, because you, you're right. Everything that we do is data points. Like companies are becoming billion dollar companies mm -hmm. and being evaluated and their service is data. How do you connect the data? How do you uh, maximize on the information that you have to make better mm -hmm. decisions? Um, and then the fact that you're doing that with your background, not only you can say, how do you protect your data? Where does your data mm -hmm. live? How is it being stored? Um, mm -hmm. How do you define what is critical data versus data that you don't need, right? Those yeah. are conversations and the people that you bring on, because I haven't listened to it yet, but I will be a new subscriber to it um, after this call, um, is because I know that my customers, when I go to work, talk about data and AI, right? And that's one area where I am yeah. a rookie at, right? You know, yeah. so I'm starting to learn more. So for me, it's just, I need to learn that because that business conversation is critical. Then the technical conversation is also critical. Um, mm -hmm. And me being like a strategist, pre-sales um, engineer, you need to understand those um, dimensions. So mm -hmm. I applaud you for doing that and making it about the industry and giving back because I think ultimately you're giving people a service that they can leverage for now and in the mm -hmm. future. Um, so thank you for that. And that, that sounds amazing. And what I'll do is I'll make sure to put that, your link to your show in mm -hmm. the description and into the podcast notes as well. So um, after, um, you know, sharing your passion, sharing your video series, sharing a little bit about how you got started with all the information that you have obtained over these years from college, um, just growing up, day-to-day -day struggles, um, um, you're doing your video series, your day-to-day -day jobs, different careers, disciplines, you name it. What would you tell Barsha back in beginning of college? Just graduated high school, you sat, starting to set in, it's two months after you graduated, and you realize you're about to go to college right now. What would you share with yourself, and how would you attack? Would you have done anything different than you did do yeah, sure. I don't think I would have done anything differently. I quite enjoyed the journey. Um, yeah. You know, I I think what I would tell my young self, you know, just before starting um, uni would be keep doing what you're doing. Be, you know, keep being the curious you that you are. You know, um, you don't have to have everything planned. Yeah. And it's kind of worked out okay for me. Yeah. So I would go back and go, don't stress out as much. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep being who you are and, and celebrate wins, yeah. whether they're big wins or small wins along the way. And, you know, you've got this. Yeah. That's, that's what I would tell myself. You've got this. Mic drop. Wow. <laughs> that was perfect. I, I think, uh, I, and I think, I know from experience, I can relate to that too, is just, stay curious when I was 19 is just the world was so you know everything was so new I just love learning and I wouldn't change anything because the journey and the, you know the different areas that I took on I remember I started off as an English major right that mm -hmm. still helps me today um, then I did African-American history that still helped me today then I switched to marketing business and tech right a lot yeah. of my peers is like Sly you're all over the place but not realizing I didn't even know 
you know, at the time of finding what I like, but now that information has helped me, even in my career. I love writing poems, right? Poetry. Yeah. Creative. Wow. I, I used to run open mic nights, right? You wouldn't think mm-hmm. open night nights and tech helps, but creating, creating a following, learning how to use social media, all mm-hmm. things I use today and all these disparate, um, I guess, experiences made me who I am, right? And I think um, if, if you're out there, um, it might feel a little bit overwhelming and you need to achieve. And I don't know what type of um, situation you're in, but just think mm-hmm. about it as it's so fun. You're curious. What will you yeah. learn? What will you even if it's a short-term setback, I like to say, not a failure, mm-hmm. a setback. What did mm-hmm. you? What could you have done better? Um, I even had that today with my daughter. Right? She got yeah. a little bit upset. I got a little bit upset too. And I'm yeah. like, what can I have done better at that point? She was trying to tell me something, but she didn't know how to use the words. What could I have said to help her mm-hmm. find the right words? Right. So that mm-hmm. never stops. Right. Even at work, like yeah. sometimes I ran into a customer. They you know, presented some questions I didn't know, had to go back, recalibrate, like, all right, what was they trying to tell me, right? So Mm -hmm. be okay to change paths too, right? That's right. I was a director of product marketing. I took the job. I did not like that job at all. Fantastic company, great manager, one of the top managers I ever had. Didn't like to work. I climbed the wrong ladder. Um, Mm. First, you know, going back to the individual contributor world, it was like, you know, did I do the right thing, right? I started doubting myself, but I realized that, ladder I climbed wasn't the right ladder. And it took mm. me a long, a long time. Like at least took me a couple of months to figure out that it's okay. And I'm glad I did because the new company I'm at now, this role fits me way better. Right. And if yeah. I climb this ladder, it's cool. Right. Um, yeah. So it's just find ways to, you know, be okay. If you make the wrong choice, just take That's notes, it. calibrate, yeah. you know, so. Yeah. Um, oh, that is, that, that is an amazing, amazing point you brought up slide. Just the fact that you, you reflect back and go, you know, that you didn't see it, you know, it's so easy to say I failed, but it's not a failure. It's you trying something new and realizing uh, it takes a big person to go, this is not for me. You know, I've, I've kind of gone somewhere. I tried it, but I don't like it. So let me go back and try something else. I think that's, that's so, um, so amazing. I think a lot of young people, um, need to need to see that uh, see a lot of people trying that you know not failing falling and getting up and moving on you know and I think th- it's got to be th- the norm that it's okay you know yeah. and it's cool yeah. I think that's making the data points like how you said earlier yeah. right yes. how like when you go through like I started one thing that helped me still to this day like I try to I'm a little bit more consistent today is a daily journal a reflection mm. journal I like to call it what did I do well this today? What did I co- could have done better? Like, I know I didn't give 120. That's what me and my friends do. 120, you know, 120 <laughs> miles an hour. Um, yeah. I want to go every day. I didn't do that every day. Some days, you know, some parts of the day, I kind of coast, check my email, check my stuff. <laughs> no, I wasn't on it all day, right? Yeah. What could I have changed to be a little bit better, whether that is mentally, um, physically, or, you know, for work or emotionally, right? How could I got better in a journal? And also I start off with what's three things I'm grateful for, right? Mm. Because sometimes I feel like it's easy to get caught up on what we don't have, at least for me. I, I like to use absolutes. I get caught up in what I don't have and not mm-hmm. realizing what I do have. Because sometimes people yeah. say, show it to me. I'm like, oh, you're right. You know, so that's something I realize if you're going through a tough time, do a reflection journal. If you don't like writing, 
do a reflection um, voice recorder with your phone. Record it. Yeah. it. Um, I realized I don't like to type it. I literally yeah. go on Google Docs on my phone and then I just talk into my, my phone and it just types everything for me twice as fast. I get it yeah. done and then I just go to the gym or something, right? But anyway, yeah. just to cap it off is, right, take that time to just experience it and whatever mm-hmm. happens, record yeah. it and move on and make your decision yeah. and live with the decision you make. Um, so, you know, we talked a lot about your prof- your personal, your professional life, but can you yeah. share some hobbies that you do outside of work? Yeah, sure. So I took up music uh, not too many years ago, maybe about four or five years ago. Um, you, you know, I, you, if I, if I hear a song on the radio or, you know, wherever now Spotify, um, you know, I like to hum, hum along uh, and that's always been me, but I, I've, I've never done anything to kind of go, Hey, let me sing it to the right tone or, you know, the pitch and whatever. And I'm an alto. So, uh, I met this teacher, she lived very close to where I was living. Um, and I still go to her now it's been about five years. So I'm, I do vocal classes every, every Sunday. Um, and when, when I was pregnant with my baby, you know, you couldn't really use the vocal cords too much, you know, the breathing and all of that. So I started learning piano and that that's the first musical instrument I've ever learned. Um, and so, yeah, that's something that I do outside of uh, outside of everyday job. You know, I'm also, um, I also like to meditate. So I try to spend some time every day and meditate, if an, you know, preferably an hour, if not at least half an hour. Um, and, you know, I, I'm not sure if it's called a hobby, but I, I do like to give back to the community as well. So I try to mentor female university students um, I've been doing that for the last six seven years um, just to give them and I, and I do that with the university that I did my postgraduate in in Sydney um, they have a women in technology women in engineering IT um, group and they run uh, mentoring programs and so part of that is I mentor them for five, six, four, five months, you know, give them exposure to what working world is like, bring them to meetings when I can, give them tips and tricks or, you know, get them to have a chat with the HR, other teams, other people. Um, so there's a few different things that I do. Um, and then, you know, I, I'd like to keep fit as well. So um, I try to manage uh, and, and have a well-balanced kind of kind of life. You know, it's, it, 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 uh, I struggle a little bit at times, but then, you know, you, you trying to come back to what the normal is. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I think that's life though, right? We go on yeah. like spurts, you know, you try to be as consistent as possible, but sometimes mm-hmm. life happens and yeah. I know you can control a lot of it, but sometimes, you know, you get in a rut. Like I know I've been working yeah. out for like four or five weeks straight till this week. Right. And yeah. I'm, I took two days off already, you know, so I've been kicking myself about it, but I'm like, you know what? It's all right. Got a lot of stuff on my mind. I just go yeah. back to the gym tomorrow, right? Just get back into it. Go back to the gym. Meditating has helped me tremendously with, I'm a person that has like 5,000 ideas. And I'm not kidding. Like at one given mm-hmm. moment, I literally have an idea, but I just write down new ideas. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Right? That's good sometimes, but sometimes you lose focus on what you need to be doing. Right? Mm-hmm. So for me, meditating has allowed me to catch them before it happens, yes. stop my mind from going to it and controlling yeah. myself. So for me, it's been really therapeutic and helping yeah. me, you know, and actually helping me like visualize what's really important, right? Absolutely. At the end of the day, and what do I want, right? So that time alone, 30 minutes to an hour, that's aspirational for me. So that's amazing. <laughs> I get 
five to 15 tops, you know? Yeah. So, um, but again, that's practice, right? I think that is a sport. It is a hobby because it, take, is- it took me a long time to do a minute. I didn't realize how hard it was to keep my mind from wandering for one minute, right? That's so, right. Uh, but um, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it takes some time to practice. Like anything, you get, the more you do it, the better you get. So that's, that's exactly. Enough. I I love that you 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 emphasize on the word practice because it is a practice. It's not perfection. You know, meditation is a practice. It's not. And nobody tells you to meditate to be perfect at meditation. No, you're practicing to live life consciously. You know. Might mm, drop again. <laughs> Boom. That's it. So before we go, because this was a fantastic, rich dialogue that we had. Um, how can my audience get in contact with you? Yeah. Um, so I am on LinkedIn. Um, I'm sure you'll share my LinkedIn yeah. um, uh, details and I'm on t- Twitter as well. So um, people can connect with me on LinkedIn or Twitter and I've got personal Facebook and Instagram as well. But um, generally, uh, LinkedIn and Twitter are, are good to connect with. And last but not least, uh, where can they find your All About the Data podcast? On YouTube. Fantastic. Boom. So I put that in the show notes um, for the YouTube video as well as in a podcast. So if you're listening to it, thank you. If you're watching it, thank you. Make sure to hit that like, that subscribe and share it with a friend and make sure you go out and check all about the data because if it's anything like the conversation we had today, it's going to be amazing. So first and foremost, thank you, Barsha. I couldn't ask. I think you might have took it to the next level. Whoever comes on the show, man, I don't know how you're going to beat this, but it's been great. So Sly Gittins and Barsha are out. Peace. Thank you, Sly. Appreciate it.